at Legoland. There you go. And just sit in the build shit all day? Yeah. Where's John? He's over there. We don't really talk to him anymore. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. This week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing great. Having a bit of a cold snap here. It's only in the 80s right now. <laughs> Just the 80s. Just the 80s. That's all. Oh, it's winter again. I know, right? It's your second winter. Yep. <laughs> That's okay. Fourth and fifth summer will be here before you know it. <laughs> Absolutely. The time when you open the door and the hot air hits you in the face and you're like why do I live here <laughs> ah, good times well that's only one of the reasons you say that down here these days <laughs> you might be getting rid of one of the problems though uh, hopefully we'll see we shall see <laughs> oh man that's funny so we had a we had a bit of a scare this week. We did. Well, I did. Oh, okay. So there was a shooting in a in a elementary school in Tennessee on Monday. Yeah. And so, you know, kids wigged out about it because she goes to public school and like that's where this shit usually happens. Right. And so on Wednesday, I go to I go to pick her up. And I'm driving down the street and a cop goes racing past me and I'm like, please don't pull into the school. Please don't pull into the school. And he pulled, he didn't pull into the school. He went past and I was like, okay, cool. And I turn and where her school is, there are actually three schools. There's an elementary, a middle, and then a primary down at the end. Okay. And so I turn onto the road to get to the middle school and there's just a line of cop cars and fire trucks and ambulances and I'm like what the fuck is this and I happen to be like one of three cars that got in front of the school before they barricaded it all down oh my god and I'm watching cops run past me into my daughter's school with shotguns and I'm going what the fuck is going on and so I'm trying to text my kid and it's not going through and I'm trying to ask the cops. I'm like, dude, what's going on? And they're like, just stay in your car. And I'm like, well, okay, that doesn't help me. And that doesn't make me right. feel any better. So what the fuck is going on? And when you were there at the same time every day, you see the same people and like the other cars and stuff. So they're all like the three, the three cars are like flipping out because we can't get any answers. And apparently, because of what had happened on the Monday, there was a kid who just thought it would be funny to call into one of the schools and say, I have a gun and I'm hiding in the school. Oh, my God. And because they didn't say which school, they had to lock down all three. 
and then do a room by room search for a kid with a gun. Right. And the kid was actually never in the school. He was kind of behind it at like one of it backs on to like another shopping center. And he was there watching all the police show up. And so apparently they, they nabbed him and he's been expelled and stuff. But, um, so that was Wednesday. And so the kid came out and she was all upset because you don't know what's going on. They're not telling the kids what's going on. They just see cops in the hallway with guns. Right. And so they had locked all the doors and like it, apparently at some point somebody was trying to get into one of the doors. So all the kids were scared. And so on Friday I get awakened at six 30 by a phone call from the school saying there's been another report of a weapon on property. And <sighs> if you're going to send your kids to school, understand that there will be an increased police presence and they've already checked the schools and blah 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 and I was just like okay this fucking sucks so yeah we, we had we had a couple of days where it was a little nerve wracking wow yeah like I can't even imagine yeah and you know if the cops had just said to me like what was going on and that they were in there like like the only thing that made me feel good about the situation was that they weren't standing they weren't all standing outside Right. Like wondering what the fuck was going on like they did in Texas. Like they were actively running into the school that like if there had been a problem, I feel like they would have they would have taken care of it. Um, But I mean, they took care of it in fucking Tennessee and six people still died. So, right. You know, it's still one of those like, oh, fuck me. Well, thank God Melissa Joan Hart was there in Tennessee to help those kids escape. I mean, what would they have done? So does her kids go to that school? I don't know what it was. <laughs> I was because I was trying to figure that out reading one of the articles. And it's like, it just seems like she was just kind of there. <laughs> she just was walking by the school and was like, oh, I need to get these kids out. Yes. <sighs> Yeah, I saw that they were they were like um they they were interviewing her because of that and I was like, "What the fuck, man?" Uh, I'm trying to see how part students flee the scene of the school shooting and took an, took to Instagram to talk about the experience. Uh, my kids go to the school right next to a school where there was a shooting. Ah. So she she was probably in the car rider line. Um, and saw the panic and got out and I guess helped the kids. Okay. So. Well, that's exciting. Was Joey Lawrence there? No. No. But her kids have some very pompous names. Oh. Mason, Braden, and Tucker. Yeah. I think they're very Southern names. They're white names. Well, okay, that too. <laughs> Braden. Look, it's it's just call him Brandon. That's that's what you wanted to call him anyway. Right. So let's go, Brandon. <laughs> uh, good times. So that was my week. That was. Wow. 
That was very butt puckering. So yeah. Well, my week has been pretty boring in comparison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on. Disney fucked over your governor, though. Well, let's see how much of a pissing match that becomes. I mean, I think what they did was brilliant. I don't think I don't think DeSantis does anything. I think he's got bigger fish to fry than fucking Disney now. And he's going to he's going to just turn around and be like, yeah, whatever. You don't think he'll use this as another step towards the White House? With what, though? Like, I don't know. Like, it was... He's got his fans. They did And they're loud and obnoxious. But Disney didn't do anything illegal. They used the loophole. Right. And said, okay, well, that's fine, but they don't get power until, what's it, like 2050-something? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, with all luck, like, DeSantis will be long gone by then. Oh, we can pray. And whoever's in, you know, who's ever in there will just be like, yeah, fuck it. Fuck that. So I don't like like a kudos to Disney for a well played like. I, I want to know when they figured it out, though, like they had that loophole and because they were very quiet, they just accepted everything. Right. And well, I wonder if. They knew what they were doing, so they kind of just didn't bring attention to it. Oh, absolutely. They weren't going to do know? anything to, to jeopardize the loophole. Right. But yeah, I thought that that was pretty rad. I mean, for as corporate and as Disney is, you know, good on them for working the system. Right. I mean, if DeSantis is going to do it, then fucking they can too. Well, you know, DeSantis is going to make sure that Trump doesn't get arrested because, you know, he's going to protect him. Because they're such good friends. Because, you know, well, you know, fascists and all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be getting a fascist out of the way, though? By what? Getting rid of Trump? Yeah. Well, yeah. And he's a he's a opponent. Right. right, exactly. So so why would you go? I mean, I guess he's appealing to the base of like, look, I stood up for him. So when my time comes. Right. But still, like you would think he'd, he'd be like, you know, they're the fucking party of law and order. Like, why are they all of a sudden against law and order when it's one of their own? Right. Right. Well, yeah. They're the party of small government, except they're going to tell you how what you can read and what you can do with your body and all that other all the other rights are trying to take away it's like but wait what that's yes. just more government it's, see that's just it they're like no you know down with regulation but i'm gonna prevent you from getting an abortion and reading a book about a black woman yeah <laughs> those fucking crazies in iowa that are like if you even think about having an abortion outside of iowa they can arrest you for it yeah like, see that's what the fuck is that <sighs> That's some yeah. fucked up shit, man. It's not America anymore. At least it's not, not the America that we grew up in. Well, Jesus, that's for sure. 
We didn't need seat belts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I watched a video before, and it was Marjorie Taylor Greene bitching about when she was in high school. Um, she claims that Joe Biden put something in place. It was the gun-free school zone thing and how kids still brought guns to her school and there was nobody there to stop them. And the, the guy doing the video was like, well, let me just point something out. When she was in high school, George W. Bush was actually, or George H. W. Bush was in there. (laughs) He's the one that did it. Right. And it was almost unanimous by both houses, both, both the Congress and the Senate to pass this. So who are you complaining about? Well, because they, you know, I mean, I'm sure Biden commits abortion every day at the White House. You know, people are just (laughs) lining up. Right. I mean, that's that's really the truth that they don't want us to know about. Well, of course, there's like a secret back door. There is. He prays over them because he's super religious and then he (laughs) aborts the babies because apparently that's the thing that he does. And he feeds them to his dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just so fucking stupid. It's like yes, it is. nobody nobody in their right mind could look at fucking Biden and say, oh, he is way left. No, right. he's center. He's he's right center, if anything. Mm-hmm. And so like people that are like, oh, he's he's terrible. And is like, really? OK. Said a sweaty, sniffy Trump. Yes. Oh, I can't wait for Tuesday, man. <sighs> Let's hope it happens. I'm trying to decide how big of a mugshot that I want to get <laughs> to put up on my wall. <gasps> Just have it say accountability. You should plaster it on your like garage door <laughs> so all the neighbors can see it. You'd be popular. Well, they would probably think that I'm standing up for them mm. because they're fucking stupid here. But we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot of stupid going around. (laughs) More than necessary. Much more. Well, it happens. Yep. And I can't wait to see what Tuesday brings. Something something stupid is going to be done. I do kind of feel like I wanted him to say that he wasn't going to turn himself in. Well, that's great. Then they go in with, gu- with our, with guns and they can cuff. Yes. And, and that's what he embarrassed the hell out of. Him. That's what he's trying to avoid. But I really wish that that had been the way. Yeah. You think it'll be like those, all those like superhero movies where like the bad guys being released from Arkham and then, you know, somebody like comes and attacks the, 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 uh, the police van and rescues him and breaks him out and Marjorie Taylor Greene is riding on top of a horse with her Joker Mac makeup <laughs> I mean yes. it's not it's not too far off from her everyday look so exactly exactly <laughs> yeah it uh, yeah Tuesday is going to be a very interesting day I I honestly think um with the low amount of crazies that wound up in front of Mar-a-Lago and in front of the New York uh, police station. 
I don't know whether or not he still has the rabid base that he has. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it might be a couple of people outside, but I mean the anti-protester or the other protesters, the one that were anti-Trump had much more, uh, presence in New York than any of the MAGA people. So I, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see that face off on Tuesday. Well, and I'm surprised there hasn't been any of that stuff around me. Yeah. Because, you know, back when, when they stole the election, I mean, there was like a, like a huge street parties with bands and people stopping traffic and really all kinds of insanity. Good God. Oh yeah. On weekends in downtown Orlando in the, uh, the, well, it's now a Chinese grocery store. It used to be a Publix or something. Um, there was like a trailer with a band on it and all these people with, you know, Trump signs and flags and <laughs> yelling at people. Of course, this is the same street corner where I've seen like groups of clowns hang out too. So, you know, <laughs> it's the same thing, John. If somebody showed you a picture of both of those, you'd say, I see no difference. Yeah. I mean, whoever's, whoever is asking them to send in the clowns can stop now. Okay. <laughs> We're done. Over. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Weird, weird world. I mean, it, it, and it could very well be that this time, the next time that we, we record, we could be in the middle of a civil war. God, that's only going to be three days after I rise from the dead. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's scary. It's probably the most unhinged this country's been in quite a long time, so. I mean, I'm not quite old enough to remember the civil rights movement. Right. So, like, this is the first time that, like, and I don't, and I don't think, I don't know when, um, who's the other president that left Nixon I don't remember yeah. when Nixon left um, and I don't I don't know if I was alive for that but like the for the first time in this country that but this should happen and it's anybody's guess what's going to happen mm-hmm. I mean Jesus yep hunker down hide with a wooden spoon getting ready to hit people that's it that's it damn it <laughs> Maybe the uh, maybe all those like preppers and survivalists had the right idea because you know they can just hide, they can just close themselves off in their little bunkers and just wait. Yeah, that for happened it. in Waco before. Well, yeah, but they were they weren't as prepared as they could have been. <laughs> All right, enough political news. Watch anything interesting this week? Uh, I watched the Mark Twain Prize for comedy to Adam Sandler. Did you really? Yeah, it wasn't that funny <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the, the funniest thing was the show opened with um, Idina Menzel as okay. Opera Man. Oh. Kind of roasting him. Okay. And it's like, okay. And um, 
yeah, lots of clips, lots of people talking about how, you know, all the people who are are there to celebrate him are working because of him because he puts all of his friends in his movies. And it's like, well, that's kind of cool. But Rob Schneider sang a song to him. Oh, Jesus. He's still alive? Yes. But there was nothing, like, controversial. There was nothing that was that entertaining. Yeah, nobody, nobody like, slapped anybody? Nope. Hmm. Nope. Well, so yeah, so that was kind of eh. I mean, but I mean, honestly, Adam Sandler hasn't really done funny, funny for quite a long time. No, he's doing humorous funny, like the murder mystery movies. Yeah, but I mean, did they bring up like Jack and Jill? Did they bring up like little? They Nikki? mentioned. Uh, they showed like brief clips, and they showed. And they mentioned, you know, all the characters he's brought his life, brought to life. And, you know, they mentioned Jack and Jill. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but he's doing righteous. What is it? Uncut Gems 2? Oh, is he really? Yeah, I couldn't get through Uncut Gems 1. I never even gave it a try, to be quite honest. I, I didn't make it 10 minutes. He's one of those guys that, like, I see his stuff and, like... I think about um, like Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore and it was like those were funny mm -hmm. and as he's progressed it's like I don't like grown-ups like I, I don't think I ever I ever laughed at grown-ups so like well it's a bunch of old guys yep you know it's like dad jokes yep like there's a reason people groan over dad jokes and you've made a movie franchise about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm he's just not one of those actors that I'm running out to see. No. You don't want to see Don't Mess with the Zohan 2? No, because the first one was terrible. <laughs> so, I'm not really sure why any but I'm maybe they're profitable. I don't know. I I just don't find them funny. There, there must be an audience for the Kennedy Center to feel he's worthy of this Lifetime Achievement Award. Or they had nobody else. Uh, Maybe they looked at it and they were like, yeah, uh, Sandler? <laughs> Maybe they threw Maybe they threw a, um, like a dart at a board. Oh, could have been. And that was just the one that they hit. Who knows? Yep. So yeah, that was that was you know, two hours wasted. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched the usual stuff. Did you? I did. What do you want to talk, talk about first? Uh, Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Okay. Did you that watch was... both episodes? Yes. Okay. That was kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. So we lost a member. We did. I mean, we didn't see a body, so it's meant to look like we've lost a member of the Bad Batch. Well, and the the goggles that he shows look to be in pretty good shape for, you know, if somebody had had 
fallen out of the sky and smashed against the ground, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm not going to be surprised if they come back next season and somehow he's, he's miraculously survived. Right. Like he hit a tree on the way down and it broke his fall. (laughs) And then like his glasses (laughs) fell off. You know, there's, there's just a ton of room for him. So, so the episode ends with, um, or the, the season ends with Omega getting captured. Yep. And the members of the bad batch escaping and trying to find her. And, you know, it's just ripe for next season. All of a sudden tech comes back with, um, like Rex or something as the other three are searching for Omega. And like, it's, it's one of the things that I think is steering me towards that he's not dead is that they worked really hard to get the idea that like the bad batch was going to be all whole again. Right. Like they were going to go rescue cross crosshair. And so why would you get rid of another member of the group just to bring him back? Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking that he's not dead. Well, we'll have to wait. But I mean, the, see. the last half of this season has been really, really good. Uh huh. You know, there, there's been those complaints about side quests and like video game levels and shit like that. But I think the story arc overall, they did a really good job this season. Yes, definitely. I was I was a little sorry to see that uh, Rhea Perlman ratted them out. Sid. Yeah. I mean, I guess you kind of figured that it was kind of going that way when, you know, they were she was waiting for them to come back and do more jobs and they were trying to find their own place. And yeah. And, and she makes that point of like, um, saying, um, you know, I know a ton about you. You better come back here. And then they don't. So right. when they show up, it's just like, okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how much of the next season is going to be a, 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 buddy show with Omega and Crosshair. Yeah, I don't know. And would they well they threw in the other wrench of the doctor that's been experimenting on the clones might be a clone herself. Yeah. And that like she's an older clone but the same line as Omega. Yes. So I'm kind of wondering if they're going to try to spin Omega into working with them. Oh, but I mean, her love for the bad batch is not going to work. No. Like, like she's going to pull against that hard. So, right. I just, I don't know. It would be interesting if they could somehow combine storylines. I know they happen at different times, but like bring up things in the bad batch that get paid off in some of the other TV shows. Sure. You know, like, like set something up with like, it'd be interesting to see like an older Omega in 
the Ahsoka show or pop up in Mandalorian or something because there's cloners in Mandalorian. Sure. So like if, if all of a sudden it's an older Omega and she's still fighting for clone rights or whatever, or have some of the stuff. I mean, in the, in the last bad batch, there was, a um, the first, I guess, animated appearance of Krennic. Yes. In the meeting where he talks about operation stardust. Mm hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool. I thought, you know, they were trying to bring that all together with Rogue One. I didn't, I couldn't make out if the one thing that he said was actually Ben Mendelsohn or a sound alike. Yeah, I, I didn't bother to look that up. Well, let me look it up right now. Um, I mean, he's doing, he's doing TV. He's doing Secret Wars and... And he had talked about like loving the fact that he was part of Star Wars. So right. I wouldn't put it past them of going, hey, would you like to do this? I guess that was, was that Plan 99 or was that the one before it? The summit. It's in the summit, isn't it? It's, yeah, it was in the, the one in the, the fortress. He's credited as the voice. Cool. So good on him. Yeah. I mean, it was only like one line. All he really had to do was like wherever he was to like record it. And probably have it sent. Right. Phoned but, it in. But that, yeah, that would be very cool if like he's got a larger part going forward. Well, I mean, there's, there's quite a bit of story to tell, so. Oh, apparently there was another rogue one character there was um hearst romati didn't catch that because the um oh well saw guerrero is in it too yeah but that's not um that's not what's his name forrest whitaker yeah uh okay, let me see who he, who he was in. Apparently, he was one of the generals in Rogue One, and I guess he's in this episode as well. And he came back to do his voiceover too. Oh, well, that's always fun. Yeah, good for him. I thought the the character model for Krennic was pretty spot on for Ben Mendelsohn too. Because they showed him a couple of times and I was like, is that Krennic? And like they they never talked to him until they started talking about Stardust and I was like, holy shit, that is Krennic. That's awesome. But yeah, I thought I thought those two episodes were really good. Yeah, really well done. It was a little heavy-handed though if you think back on the beginning of the first episode of the two-parter where Wanda Sykes character shows up mm-hmm. and wants to say goodbye to Tech and right. Tech's just like why would I want to say goodbye? Right. And then he's the one that kind of gets sacrificed. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the guy that gets it. Yeah. 
Oh, don't worry about it. I'll be back. Nope, dead. Speaking of Star Wars, we uh-huh. had a a a a passing this this last week, last few days. We did. Oh. Uh, Angie Mayhew, Peter's wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh man. She was just an amazing person. Yeah. I always loved talking to her. I still have her business card in my wallet. <laughs> what did she pass away from? Uh, I don't know. Old age? Oh. It, she wasn't battling anything? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, complications from a double heart valve replacement surgery. Oh, man. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, I never spoke to her. I had seen her, I think, at some of the cons that Peter was at. Probably. I mean, she was always there. Yeah. Always seemed like a, you know, she, I'm from, I mean, am I, am I wrong in thinking that, like, she took care of most of like the business stuff for him. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what it always looked like. Yeah. But that's a shame. It is. She'll be missed. Yeah. Very nice lady. Maybe her, maybe her life was empty too without Peter. I mean, her life revolved around Peter. Right. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So in other Star Wars news, did you watch The Mandalorian? I did. I really liked this episode. This was the they keep getting better. I know yeah. that there there are people complaining that like the um they felt that the story has been too slow or too like all over the place, but, um, you know, they're kind of zeroing in on, and they should, because we're what more than halfway through the season. Yeah. But like the action and the story for this one was just really well done. I, I seeing Mandalorians work, in like a in a situation where they're attacking something is very cool mm-hmm. because they're always made out to be like the best of the best and you know up until now we've only seen them like fighting on the beach with like foundlings and right um chasing after a dragon creature and like not getting very far but this you know coordinated attacks through like different um different like units and them like sweeping through the city and stuff. It was just really well done. And it seemed like every single Mandalorian got their little moment to shine. Yeah. Um, you know, between Bo and Mando up in the fight in the, the ship in the sky. And then the, uh, the armorer dealing with the, um, the guy that was like shooting at the Mandalorians and, you know, there was a little bit of desperation in there. You didn't really know what was going to happen. And it looked like they were pinned down for a while. And, 
Um, I just thought it was it was really well done. And I also liked I also liked um, I can't think of his name the the guy, the X wing pilot. Steven? is that Captain his like Steven? yeah Devin? yeah i mean he's he always seems to be in the right place at the right time like you know because not only is he able to track down mando but he also goes to coruscant and mm-hmm. then at the end it's him that finds the shuttle right and it's like are there any other x-wing pilots but you know but this episode also gave us our first live action look at zeb i thought that was amazing so when he showed up, I thought it was just another member of his species. Okay. And I was I like, immediately I immediately knew the voice. Well, it wasn't until like he walked up and he doesn't I, I don't think he says something right away. Right. And then he starts talking about Navarro and I was like, that voice sounds like the dude from Rebels. Yep. And then like I guess this was the live action CGI test. Mm-hmm. For Ahsoka or whatever, I was just gonna say for Ahsoka, but yep. it's it's amazing. I mean, he looks so good, and I guess he's on. Um, is do you think he's working for the the New Republic, or do you think that he's like undercover? Uh, with so much hatred for the Empire. I wouldn't put it past him to be aiding them at this point, aiding the new Republic. Okay. So there's a couple of um, different theories going around about who broke out um, Moff Gideon. Right. So there's one theory that says because that there's Beskar in the, the shuttle mm-hmm. that, it's Sabine and Ahsoka and Zeb looking for Ezra and Thrawn. And they think that he knows where they can find them. The other theory, the two, there's two other theories. There's one that says that it's the Mandalorians that were hired Mandalorian mercenaries that that were hired to break him out that were actually Bo's other Mandalorians that when she talks about like when oh so Casca Reeves and right Din asks where everybody else is and she says they're off being mercenaries Hmm. that even though it's Moff Gideon they're going to get paid and they're going to do it Um, and then the other is that the Beskar was left there by Moff Gideon to draw out Din in order to get the Darksaber back from him. Hmm. So I don't know what camp you lay in, but what, what well, were your I'm, thoughts? I'm, I'm wondering if somebody is setting up the Mandalorians. Okay. Because all we know is it's a piece of Beskar. Right. And it's embedded in the wall of the spaceship. So how did it get there? I mean, I would think to embed something in the wall of a spaceship, you'd have to have some degree of force behind it. Right, exactly. So, And we haven't seen any Mandalorians 
using anything other than blasters. Right, but they would right? have to they would have to blast out the side of the shuttle. Because there right. was a big gaping hole in the side of the shuttle. Yep. So, you know, where where do they come from? Which is why my my personal thought is it's the mercenaries. Okay. That they attack the New Republic ship using Moff Gideon's old light cruiser or the other ship that they stole. And that in there, in the in the melee of trying to get to him, a piece of Beskar gets chipped off or something and winds up embedded in the ship. Hmm. I think it would be really cool to bring in the rebel characters, but I sure. don't think they're going to do it outside of a cameo of like Zeb. Yeah. I think it's I think it's way more likely that it's going to be people that we already knew. Interesting. So I'm Wednesday can't come soon enough. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the only thing I I think is wrong about Mandalorian this season is they need to make a decision as to whose story they're telling. Is this about Grogu or is Grogu just a cute little side character? I mean, I think we talked about this last week. I feel like the the title of the Mandalorian has shifted for them a bit. Yeah. And where it was Din's story, I think they're more out to tell the story of Grogu, of foundling to Mandalorian. Okay. Um, but I think what they are doing is that they are encompassing all of Mandalore and all of Mandalorians. And it's not just one story. It's the story of all of them. And I think that's why you can have Bo-Katan take off her helmet and the, the armorer send her on a mission and do all the stuff that they've been doing is because it's about the race of Mandalorian and not so much one character. I think that it started out that way, but I, I think once the show was a hit and they were able to tell a larger story, I think that went away. Hmm. And, you know, there were all those stories in between the seasons of um, John Favreau wanting to quit because of uh, Kathleen Kennedy's interference. Right. And him saying, look, if I come back, uh, season three needs to be exactly the way that I want it. And I think the only writing credits on any of these is Favreau, Filoni, and like the Pershing episode had another writer on it who wrote the Pershing stuff. Mm -hmm. So the Mandalorian part of this story is nothing but Favreau for the most part. And so I think this is his way of telling that larger story that he wants to tell without compromise. And I think it's based on the people and not so much like a single character. Okay. I mean, I am interested to see what happens to the Mandalorians now that they are settling down or appear to be settling down. 
Right. And, and I still think it's going to end one of these, even if it's not this season, there's going to be a shot of Bo-Katan riding the Mythosaur. Oh, of course. And bringing those fringe Mandalorians back into the fold and somehow rebuilding, rebuilding Mandalore. Um, whether it's kind of on Navarro or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that they could stay on Navarro without a power struggle. Cause at some point they're going to want to kind of rule the planet and grief cargo is not going to have it. Yeah. Well, I don't think this is going to become Bo-Katan's new base of operations. I would, I would think that Bo- Bo-Katan is now going to be in that position of going around and finding these other pockets of Mandalorians and bringing them back. Yes. I, but I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard to say if she would actually use this as a power play. Well, I think, I think Bo-Katan's greatest, greatest relief just happened. She had, you know, I think when she was, when she was inducted into the children of the watch, right. That she was kind of iffy about the whole thing. Like she was going to use this as, some kind of jumping off point. She was testing. She, she tested in to see if he saw the mythosaur. He tests the art. She tests the armorer with, you know, what if I told you I saw one? And so now she's got the armorer saying, take off your helmet. You're the future. You're the one that's going to walk both sides, which is what she wants because now she's got the blessing of a powerful Mandalorian of a sect that she didn't think she'd be able to control. Right. Because anytime that they've ever mentioned children of the watch, she's always like, Oh, it's one of them. And Mm, yeah, so she's, I think she's sitting there and she's going, this is perfect. Like, like I've got their blessing now so I can kind of bring them in with me. Yeah, I mean, it definitely opens things up to to build on what we've already started to see happen. Yeah. And, I mean, do we really know that the Children of the Watch are legitimate Mandalorians? Well, I still think, I'm, I'm still under the impression that the Armorer is a Maldalorian. Which is the sect of Mandalorians that followed Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. Mm. Because they had horns on their helmets. And she's got horns on her helmet. Interesting. So, I think Children of the Watch was that sect that broke off, that still supported Maul. And then when Maul gets defeated, they went to Muna Concordia. Huh. And okay. decided not to take their helmets off because they're all foundlings from different planets, so th- they may not be true Mandalorians. Mm. But as long as they're walking the way of the Creed, right? They're Mandalorians. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's my head cannon. 
Your your head cannon? My head cannon. I can have head cannon. I guess you can. <laughs> we just have to stand by. Well, there's only what, two episodes left? Uh Yeah? Yeah. Season's too short. It is. I I think one of the problems is they're on that schedule of they were the first ones out of the gate. Mm-hmm. They did eight episodes and it didn't really matter how long they were as long as they were telling their story. Right. And then we got Obi-Wan and Andor where there were, well, I think Obi-Wan was only eight as well, but they were long episodes. And so it felt like you were getting more for, mm-hmm. you know, what you were watching. And with, with Mandalorian, it can go like one week, it's 50 minutes. The next week it's 30 minutes. And so it feels a lot shorter. Let's see. We are, we have three more episodes. Okay. 5th of April, 12th of April, 19th of April. Ooh. Yeah. And it's over. For like another two years. Right. I mean, it's interesting. The the IMDB ratings have hovered around 7.5. Mm-hmm. Except for the Minds of Mandalore was an 8.4, and this last one was an 8.5. And they've got about, well, those are those are more than 10,000 people voting, but are rating it. I don't know. I, there's been a lot of talk in the news recently about... Um, the ratings for the Mandalorian being way lower than they have been. But, you know, I don't know if that necessarily matters to Disney. Right. You know, other than they have a show that everybody talks about. And it's got arguably at the moment, the biggest star on the planet as the lead. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. Well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> I mean, it has to end at some point. I understand that. but Sure. But they're setting up so much storytelling that it's like, it can't stop. <laughs> well, and we, there, you know, there are people that they cast for this season that we haven't seen yet. Right. Like Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. They made a big deal about him being cast in season three and we're three episodes away from the end and we haven't seen him yet. Time for Hondo to make an appearance. Oh, you think he's going to be Hondo? Yeah. Because that way he doesn't have to be in the co- in a costume. 
oh. or on set. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And I, I can... Knowing his voice from all of his work so far, I could see him slipping into that character. Okay. I thought... Um, I thought he was going to be the pirate king guy. The pirate king? Yeah, you know, the guy, the, the, the guy, the ship that they shoot down this last episode. Oh, the pizza face? Yeah, the, the, guy, pizza that, the, hut? the guy that looked like Pizza the Hut. I thought, oh. I thought he was going to do something like that, like a voiceover like that. But hmm. that was the guy from, he was in that show Sweet Tooth from Netflix. And he was also in The Sandman and a bunch of other stuff. A big, like, black dude. He was an Artemis Fowl, too. And I know how much you love that movie. That was some <laughs> of the best cinema ever. Um, I mean, Josh Gad just carried that movie. He was fantastic. Was he in that, too? Yes. He was the worst thing about it. Well, that's saying something. Well, yeah. You mean Judy Dench as a elf or whatever? Yes. Wasn't <laughs> Do you watch um Picard? I did. Yeah. What did you think of this week's episode? I, I liked this one too. We got the return no. of Tuvok from Voyager. Well, not really though. No, but Tim Russ was back, which was always good. Um, you know, I thought, and I, I don't remember the guy's name. The guy that that started the new wave of it was it Alex Kurtzman. He was the guy that like started the new wave of Star Trek shows and okay. like apparently he was he's like a terrible person to work for. So like CBS oh. was like, well, we're going to start ending the Star Trek shows. Oh, and he did the first two seasons of Picard and there was a new showrunner for this um, for the, the third season. And um, what I like about this showrunner is he understands tension and he understands how to ratchet that tension up. Mm -hmm. And there's there's that amazing scene with LeVar Burton where he's begging Laura for his kid's life. Yes. And it's it's so believable and so like like gut wrenching. And is Laura going to allow his kid to die? And like, what does that do to Jordy? And like there was there was definite moments where I was like they're going to kill off his kid and I know that there's been all this talk about like Star Trek the next next generation which would be like L the LaForge's kids and right uh, Picard's kid and like Alexander comes back from Worf and like all this stuff but like there was a genuine moment of they're going to kill somebody off here and it's going to be Jordy's kid. Um, and then like the, the whole ending where um, Vedic takes over the ship and sits in the captain's chair and is like, I'm taking this ship over and you're coming with me. Right. 
I'm very I'm I'm hoping that next week we actually get some answers. Yes. Because I feel like with two episodes left in this season, they need to start answering questions. We we now know where Vedic's come from and how she's involved with the Dominion and all that stuff. And I totally buy that Starfleet in Section 31 would totally like have a secret facility where they are experimenting on the enemy. Right. I mean, if you if you're a fan of Star Trek and you've watched all the other shows, you know, Section 31 is a bunch of bastards. So like that totally flies with what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's there's that whole thing about like Vedic taking her captor's face so yes. that she remembers the pain and whatever. And like mm-hmm. all that's really, really well done. They got to get to why Jack Crusher is important. Right. And I feel like last season where everybody knew that Girardi was the board queen. Mm-hmm. Like from episode three, we were like, oh, well, the one in the beginning is definitely Girardi. Right. And, but they didn't reveal that to the very end. And I was like, I really hope this isn't a thing of like, this is why he's important credits. Yeah. Because that, that's going to piss me off. Well, I mean, they're starting to give us some answers because now we kind of know the backstory about the changelings. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah. I mean, if you've only got two episodes left and you still have to pay off your cameos. But I'm hoping that, like, you know, they're starting to, they're starting talking about the Dominion, but, like, where are the Jem'Hadar? And where are the Vorta? Mm-hmm. And, like, if they were real, if, if the Great Link was really attacking the Federation and not just 10 prisoners of war. Right. You'd see Jem'Hadar and you would see Vorta and you would see all the stuff that they brought in on deep space nine. I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping maybe we get some deep space nine cameos next week with the ship. Like maybe, maybe they go back past deep space nine. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm wanting some answers and we're at the point where they need to give us some. Well, if if this episode coming up follows suit, then this should be a really good one. This season has been incredible. Yes. So next week's is entitled Surrender. And the finale is entitled The Last Generation. Ooh. And I guess that the the, the first the first one of season 3 was The Next Generation. And okay. So, so this one will be the last generation. Although now fucking Patrick Stewart has said that he's opened the more Picard. I don't know how they do that with him, but yeah, he becomes Captain Pike in the chair. Yes. I mean, they could do that, I guess. Well, I yeah, I mean since we already know he's he's in a synthetic body i mean are we that far from putting his head on another actor so that he can actually move around <laughs> just saying i mean they have done that before right
I mean, he's getting up there, so they're going to have to do something. Right. If they're going to continue to do this. I mean, one of the reasons they're getting rid of Star Trek Discovery is because it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine head replacements would be any more, like, inexpensive. <laughs> sure. Especially for a main character. Like, if they did do another show, I could see them, like, bringing in Picard for a couple of episodes and not maybe making him... You know, does Jack Crusher at the end of this go, I'm actually Jack Picard? (laughs) And then, so, like, Picard season four is about Jack and not Jean-Luc? I still want them to come to to give Riker a spinoff. He's getting up there too, though. Well, yeah, but not as, I mean, he's got more than three seasons in him. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if, if right. I think the time for the Riker show was after, um, insurrection or what was the other one? Not insurrection. The one with the Picard clone when Riker gets his own ship. Uh, yeah. It wasn't his. It was. Fuck me. What was that? (laughs) There was. Their movies were Generations. Uh, First Contact. Nemesis. Star Trek Nemesis. Nemesis. So, like, I feel that was when, like, they should have given him his due. I think he's just kind of thrilled to be back in front of the camera and directing and stuff. I mean, I could imagine like directing is probably a better gig for him. Sure. I mean, it looks like he's going to, he's got some, episodes of Star Trek Discovery coming up. Okay. Um, but then, I mean, any of the Star Trek stuff he's part, he's a part of and, you know, who knows what his next thing will be. I think they should do a sitcom with Riker and Troy raising their kids. <laughs> I'd watch that. It's the Rikers. (laughs) He comes in and trips over an Ottoman. Yes. (laughs) Find out their kid's middle name is Cupcake. (laughs) I mean, he's definitely directed some things that aren't sci-fi. So yeah, he did six episodes of NCIS Los Angeles. Oh, wow. Okay. He directed an episode of Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. Uh, He did an episode of Leverage. But, I mean, Picard is the only thing that he has acting-wise. He doesn't have anything upcoming. Well, it does look like he's doing a lot of voiceover work. 
not a bunch of like Marvel and DC stuff. I guess he was on a couple of episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, Riker was always my favorite character in The Next Generation, so. Because he was the dude that always got to do everything. Yeah, true. You going to go watch the new Dungeons and Dragons movie? With Chris Pine? Uh, when I can watch it at home. <laughs> I hear really good things about it. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. I, I've heard that if you like, um, if, if you've ever played Dungeons and Dragons, that they are very true to like the rules and like the spells and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that like diehard Dungeons and Dragons people are saying like, this is the movie we've always wanted. Which surprises me because I didn't think that I thought it was going to be like the last Dungeons and Dragons movie. Right. And apparently there's a cameo from the characters from the cartoon from when we were kids. Really? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Apparently they're there as well. Well, that's always fun. Yeah. What else did you watch? You watch any movies this week? No. 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 Wasn't a lot to watch this week. Uh, So I was watching Bad Batch. um, And I happen to have my my VPN on. And I... Whenever, whenever I'm watching TV shows or whatever, I hook up to New York because it's always a really fast connection. And for some reason, Disney Plus, with me hooked up and through New York, said that I wasn't in the country. Really? So I started browsing Disney Plus wherever the hell it thought I was. Right. And there was a whole shitload of movies that I was like, holy shit, like I haven't seen this in forever. And I wound up watching the Tim Burton Ed Wood movie. Oh, okay. And I I hadn't seen it since it came out in like 1994. Mm-hmm. Because that was one of the movies that came to the movie theater when I was working as a projectionist. And I watched then. So I hadn't really seen it. I had, And so I rewatched it and like started looking up like Ed Wood movies and stuff and like what a kooky dude that guy was Uh uh-huh um and i had forgotten that bill murray is in that oh really yeah and like okay like it's it's a it's sarah jessica parker's in it as um ed wood's estranged girlfriend at one point okay and so it's him it's um um Oh God, the guy that plays uh, Wilson Fisk in Daredevil. Okay. Vincent D'Onofrio. Vincent D'Onofrio is. Um, oh God, why am I blanking on all the names? Holy fuck. Um, the guy that made Citizen Kane. Orson Welles. Orson Welles, but he's not the voice. Um. Um. Oh my God. I just had the, all these names in my fucking head. Maurice LaMarche is okay. the voice of Orson Welles in the movie. 
but it's Vincent well, D'Onofrio. Okay. Because, well, I mean, Orson Welles is kind of the brain yes. from Animaniacs. So. Yes, and there is that they animated the whole thing with when Orson Welles flips out in the VO booth over yes. the, the peas thing. Yes, yes. You know, what do you want me to do, blow the guy? They <laughs> redid that with the brain. Right. Um, because everybody loves his take on Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's it was ju- it was interesting. Like I hadn't seen it in a long time, and like when I did see it, I obviously didn't really care about who Ed Wood was. Um, but reading some of like the behind the scenes stuff was was fascinating with like what they took liberties with and like what was like true to life, and um, it was it I I enjoyed it. Like I it was one of those things that like I remember seeing it, but I didn't remember the movie. Mm-hmm. But if you ever want to see, like, if you have a VPN, yeah, go to a different country and then turn on Disney Plus and see all the shit that they have that we have no access to. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's fucking amazing. Like, there was... Am I still... Am I still connected to it? Let's see. Am I, I'm still in New York. So let me see if I go there if... If it pushes me back because like I got a thing when I when I logged on to watch the Bad Batch where it was like, oh, we see you're not in your home country. And I didn't really think anything of it because I knew I was connected to New York. Um, Does it have me back in New York? It does. But like there are entire sections. In different countries that we never see. Like what? That's all like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think about what it was. I mean, I don't even know what country it had me in. Let me connect to London and then. Unable to connect. Try again. Um, there were a whole swaths of like TV shows that were like binge worthy TV shows of like, I was like, that's not a Disney property. Um, so like in London, there is, there's, there's a ton of anime. You can watch the X-Files, NCIS, uh, how I'm, oh, he's gone. It's me. I know. Are you there again? Hello? Did I disappear? John. Come back. Come back. I'll never let you go. Jack. Jack. Did you disappear for good? Is the show over? Is this how it ends? And then John was never heard from again. Possibly. Hey, there you go. That was weird. (laughs) Was that me? Did I drop out? Uh, No, my Skype just closed. Oh. (laughs) Uh, What was the last thing you heard? 
uh, they have all these programs. Okay, so they have things like anime, uh, the X Files. Okay. NCIS. They have The Walking Dead. Really? Yeah, all on Disney Plus. Criminal Minds, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, The Americans, like shit that you would never think of as being on Disney Plus. Are they part of the Fox merger? Or the or the twentieth century? I think some of it is, but de- definitely some of it isn't. I mean, Walking Dead isn't. Yeah, that's true. That's an AMC thing. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the binge binge worthy stuff is um Well now I have to find things that I actually know. I mean there there's all kinds of shit on here. Um this must be all English stuff. Cause I don't recognize any of this. Um but like for they have an action movies section, which includes Speed, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Crimson Tide, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Wow. Yeah. So if you have a VPN and they have Fight Club on Disney Plus in London. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, since Disney Plus is still one of those places that doesn't care if you're on a VPN. Hmm. it's one of those things where you could like find a bunch of stuff where you're like, Oh, I haven't seen that in a long time. Commando with Schwarzenegger. Okay. I think that's Fox. But yeah, I mean, there's a whole shitload. And I just happened to be scrolling down and I saw Ed Wood and I was like, oh, maybe I should watch that. They have The Last Man on Earth. Remember that show? No. With uh, Kristen Schaal and. Um, oh, yeah. And what's his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not Bill Hader, the other one. <laughs> uh, Will Forte. Will Forte, MacGruber. Yeah. MacGruber, yeah. But that was a Fox show, so I can see why that's there. But yeah, there's your tip. If you have a VPN, check out other things. Okay. All of Modern Family is on there, if like you wanted to watch it without commercials. Mm. So yeah, good times. Well, lovely. Yeah, you got anything else for this week? Uh, no, no, that's it. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Did the tree move or did the apple just fall far from it? 